Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go. We broadcast live on Tuesday. I'm sorry, on weekdays. It is a Tuesday each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. But if you're catching us at another time, good afternoon, good evening, and all that good stuff. And we want to go ahead and say hello to those on the message board. Good morning to Smoky Mountain Red. Good morning to Travis. And we've got a lot going on. Sankey going from hero to zero. Why? We will discuss that. And we'll also discuss what current Tennessee volunteer has the highest, and I mean the highest, of goals for this upcoming season. And it's not even limited to student athletes. This is a student award that only two Tennessee players have received in their time at the University of Tennessee. Also, there is a, an SEC quarterback that stock is rising mightily in the NFL draft. Is that Hendon Hooker or someone else? Because there's three that would be in play. I don't know how Bryce Young's stock could get any higher. Okay, so it's Will Levis. What do you think about him and the Vegas odds going from about a 50-to-1 first pick to a 10-to-1 first pick in the 48 hours or so recently as we head into the NFL draft. Sell me on Will Levis if you can. I don't think you can, Caleb Gallion. This serves as proof that I'm smarter than most NFL GMs, and you are too. Like, I, I talk all the time about coaches not being very bright for the most part, but, geez, who could have watched Will Levis play last year and think, that guy's a number one pick? No, I don't get it. Uh, you can factor in the injuries. Uh, you can factor in uh, the fact that Kentucky couldn't protect him, a lot of different things. But the simple fact is 
I think he's limited. Now, I think he's got a bazooka arm. I also think he's got some cockiness issues. But the simple fact is that Vegas is going to cover their backside. You know this better than me. So the fact that they've got Will Levis going from about a 50 to 1 to a 10 to 1 to be the first overall pick is, is news. He's not going to be the number one pick unless there's something wrong with Bryce Young that we're not aware of. But they're covering their back ends, right, Caleb, to make sure nothing crazy happens on draft night and they get caught unawares. And whether we like it or not, Vegas tends to know more than us. So that tells you something right there. Yeah, and I got a question for you, Dave, because you've covered not – I don't know if you've covered NFL scouts in the NFL draft, but I know you covered recruiting and you covered college coaches scouting and evaluating talent. Is there a level of – you and I both agree. The game film matters more than anything else when you translate to the NFL. What you see on tape, it's not exactly translated, but it's probably the best indicator of all the indicators of what they'll do at the next level. What makes scouts and coaches throw that to the side? Do And here's, here's where I'm going with that. Are they so are they that arrogant to think that if a player just has potential, they're good enough to minimize the flaws in their game? Is that what these GMs and scouts think? Yes. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> you just answer your own question. Every every NFL coach has gotten to that point and is so cocky and confident that they believe they could take a lump of clay and turn it into a Michelangelo. That's what they believe, and and so they There's will no question. <laughs> so they will throw out guys that have proven what they can do on the field, who won't be nearly the headache for this raw potential because of some genius they think they have, which they don't have. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, it really is. I mean, and in some cases they're right. You want to take Jalen Hurts for instance. I didn't think he was a top-flight quarterback, and here he is signing, what, a 500 kajillion dollar deal. So in, in some cases, they're right. But Phelan Hurts had incredible intangibles, even if he had limitations. I agree, but how about Lamar Jackson? Okay, incredible upside, but still hadn't played in that sort of offense in the NFL successfully. Nobody had, and what they did with the Ravens for them. So for him, and I – no, but you're absolutely right. They are – Every bit as confident and cocky, whatever the word you want to use, as we can take a lump of clay and turn him into an all-pro. Rather than take a guy who would already be an all-pro. I mean, Or, or at the very least, um, a very solid 8, 10, 12-year starter. I think yes. there's the idea yeah. that you can kind of uh, make your name with those guys that you, you turn around. How? Um, I'll take a couple that I didn't like really coming out of out of college, and we mentioned them. But I'll give you another one: Justin Fields. I mean, whoever whoever made the case to draft Justin Fields in the NFL is going to reap those benefits as long as he's good, because that changes the. What's that? I said he's not good though. So <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. But right now, isn't the perception that he's good? There's the perception is that he can be good. Right. But I'm okay. still, I've never been sold on him. I, I'm not either. So we're on the same page, but that's enough as an, a, as a, a personnel director to get you probably a big raise and have you sitting pretty in that office in the corner of the facility for two, three, four five years, if not more, as long as Justin Fields rocks on. And then you probably get a chance to um, uh, draft his, his, his backup uh, or who replaces him. No, I'm, I'm with you, but, 
I think there's, I think it's the risk reward. The reward is I draft a guy that changes the face of the program. It doesn't have to be quarterback. Look at JJ White. He didn't change the face of the program for the Texans, but he was a dominant player. Uh, there are guys that we could go on and on and on about that have been a uh, dominant players, but that's the, the guy we're talking about. It's obviously Will Levis. So I, I don't, understand the love affair with will levis i've said that i understand the love affair with uh, cj stroud a lot more but i don't understand the love affair with will levis and not to get too off topic because we've got brandon marcello who has chosen uh, tennessee as one of the top 10 programs in the country and i want to get to that but if you want to talk about intangibles i mean which intangible is more important caleb is it is it hendon hooker overcoming a transfer overcoming not getting the starting job fighting back being the guy that ultimately is the snap and clear i believe in this team and that's exactly what he was and he led this team or is the better intangible is that will levis um can throw the ball through a brick yard that's actually a tangible but the intangible would be played with injury What's the greater intangible? To me, it's not close. It's Hendon Hooker's by a long shot. By a long shot has the better intangibles. The smart intangible for when it comes to injury is the, for quarterbacks is to try not to get injured. I mean, like that's I, – I remember back, back in the day how quarterbacks were called soft if they slid. And I'm like, no, they're doing this for the team. I get mad at a quarterback if he doesn't slide and if he doesn't get out of bounds. I'm like, don't get hurt. And so, yeah. I can't tell you how wrong I hope I am on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think that Hendon Hooker is being used as the smokescreen. I think Hendon Hooker is being thrown up there. I mean, you got to remember what we're having a conversation three months ago that uh, Hendon Hooker is a, what at best a third round pick. Right. And then we're having the, with the conversation, he's a second round pick. And I think it was Mike Dettelier, the long time, draft analyst with Jimmy Himes that said he could be in the first round. So when, when you, when, what is pushing him into the first round and beyond? He's not able to work out. He has the ACL injury. I know he's a great interview. I get all of that, but I'm afraid and I hope I'm wrong that Hendon Hooker is going to be the one that slips in the draft process into the third round or beyond. It's just, Little things I'm hearing, I want to be wrong because I think he's such a good young man. We haven't even mentioned Anthony Richardson. The guy's played all of about 18 snaps, I think. And I think he'll go ahead of Hooker. Um, but I get the feeling he's being used as the smokescreen. I hope I'm so he's, wrong. He's the Geno Smith of this year's draft. They did that to Geno Smith, I remember, 10 years ago. And right. Hooker's got way better intangibles than Geno Smith. Don't get like. Let's be clear on that. I would much rather have Hendon Hooker leading my locker room than Geno Smith. Although Geno Smith seems to have matured. I'll be fair to him on that. But yeah, it's funny you bring up Anthony Richardson. Let's be honest. Look, Anthony Richardson has major issues. And I've been critical of that from the start. But in terms of character and intangibles, don't you have more faith in Anthony Richardson than Will Levis? Uh, Not even even close. Yeah, and and, and again, here's how the smokescreen can work. People can say, we really like Hooker, so that 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 helps their leverage and what another pick is worth. So you float out there, you really like Hooker, you need a quarterback around pick 20 or so, you're trying to get somebody to draft up. That's the games that are being played. So the closer you get to the draft, 
really the less you know about what teams really want because it is 90% smokescreen. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that Hendon Hooker is being used in a pawn in this. Go to crafttreats.com. Crafttreats.com has the chill pills. The chill pills are awesome. They've got the CBD in them. And if you use the promo code off the hook, that's promo code off the hook, then you get 20% off the chill pills. And they're just phenomenal for your dog's digestive issue, arthritis, or even if they have social anxiety, if they have um anxiety when when they get in the car it'll help with that the chill pills also holistic craft treats that are awesome across the board go to crafttreats.com use the promo code off the hook they've got non-cbd as well so check them out again crafttreats.com use the promo code off the hook so this is not a smokescreen this is brandon marcello who is picking tennessee as the number nine team in his post-spring top 30. How does this immediately strike you? Because I would have Tennessee with the quarterback change in the 8 to 12 range. So this, to me, I'm supposed to take hot take and be Stephen A. Smith and all that, but this, to me, sounds about right, to be real honest with you. I want to go through the rest of the list, uh, and I want your thoughts. I'm going to kind of quiz you a little bit how Tennessee compares to these other teams. But first, it's time for today's tough question. It's brought to you by Craven Wings, three locations, never frozen, always fresh, just fantastic food. CravenWings.com to learn more brings you today's tough question. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All right, post-spring, Tennessee wins. Eight or less, nine, ten, eleven or more. What say you, Caleb Calhoun? Our postseason prediction, and it's official. You can't change this until midways or so through preseason camp. So you got to stick with this because I know you liked a waffle. I'm kidding. Caleb doesn't waffle at all, actually. All right, so what are you picking out of out of that quattro of choices? Today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings. Don't forget about their brunch on Saturday mornings. It's phenomenal. Well, I'm about to spelling be this. Could you use it in a sentence? Uh, could you? Uh, ex- uh, uh, is this a regular season or the whole season? Oh man, you're making it more complicated on me. All right, I'm gonna say. Uh, just quite simply that it is, I want to say it's overall. Whole season. Okay. Whole season. 11. I'm going 11 again. 11 or more. Okay. For the record, on our Craven Wings Today's Tough Question, we've got eight coming in at 10%, nine coming in at 43%, 10 coming in at 36%. 11 or more coming at, in at 10%. So you are in the minority, much like your Vescovi take. You Just the from the other side, for everybody who accuses me of being a homer, or, or, or who, of being an anti-homer, I guess. I'm accused of being a hater. Well, guess what? Now I all of a sudden seem like a homer because I'm picking Tennessee to do 11 or more. Dave, I think they all think what I thought. Though. I think they all think regular season on that poll. Okay, well, we're, we're going everything. We're going across the board. That's the way I'm doing it. It's already on the Twitter. Uh, so, g- given that, 
I mean, a bowl game is pretty unpredictable. Making the college football playoff, I don't think, is in the cards. So I still think the question holds a lot of merit. If you're going regular season, it's really difficult to go 11 or more to me. But I think Tennessee, at, at the end of the day, will win nine regular season games at the minimum. But I'm going to go 10. I'm going to say 10 regular season wins. And the Vols barely missed the college football playoff based off post-spring and the studies that I've done on other SEC schools. And it's a heartbreaking season, but you get loaded up because you've seen enough from Nico for the 2024 season. And I think Tennessee's excited based off this season, but maybe not making the college football playoff will be a slight disappointment again. Wouldn't surprise me if they made it, but I've got Tennessee at a 10-win regular season. See, I think there's a chance that Tennessee either goes a, I, I'm, I think 10 is the baseline for Tennessee in the regular season because outside of Alabama, Georgia, and then Kentucky as a trap game. And I, I say trap game in the sense of just when they line up, I don't see any other game. Tennessee has a shot of losing this year. I think Tennessee easily coasts through every other game. And well, so, you have to say they have a shot at losing South Carolina since South Carolina handled them. But I think Tennessee will be motivated and won't have distractions. But at least a shot. You have to say AM has a shot. Oh, A&M doesn't have a shot. Guys, AM doesn't have a shot of beating Tennessee. I'm saying this right now. Tennessee will beat the brakes off them. And Jimbo Fisher is going to say, well, we just didn't execute, as he says at the end of every game. <laughs> Okay, well, let me ask you this. What do you make of this number, too? Because I, I, I'm not a gambler, but I enjoy looking into these numbers. Alabama was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at Tennessee. And right now on FanDuel, they're a seven-point favorite, Caleb, a seven-point favorite at home. What does that say about the series and about these two teams as the Vols will face off against the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa? It tells me that the odds makers think that these two programs have, have come a lot closer together. The gap is not as great. And I, I believe that's the case. Now, the week of, if Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson it turns out to be a star quarterback and you're on the road, Tennessee could be a 12-point favorite, and then that's moot. But as far as right now, I think they're saying the two programs are a lot closer than they were a year ago. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. And I wrote about this yesterday. I think that Tennessee has a unique chance. I said they had last year, they had a chance to pounce because of their schedule and the way it started at the beginning of the year. They have another unique chance to pounce this year because this is going to be a rebuilding year for Alabama. And Clemson is continuing to fade. I mean, guys, if both of them have bad years this year, do you know what that does for Tennessee in recruiting? The only obstacle to them at that point is South Carolina. They got to make sure that South Carolina gets out of the way. But well, it's huge. But let, but let's also keep kind of our eye on. I think that would be huge for Tennessee recruiting. But let's let's keep an eye on this season for something special special to happen. They would have to win every game except for one, which we would think would be Georgia. But Let's wait. I mean, that game has to be played. Can Tennessee beat Georgia this year? Are they even close to that yet, or is it going to take some more time? I think if the ball bounces their way and a few things break a certain way, they could definitely beat Georgia. I don't think they're better than Georgia. 
neutral site on because look last year's score you and i have both talked about that wasn't a 27 to 13 score that was a 27 to 13 score the way that 96 tennessee florida game was a 35 to 29 score okay georgia beat the brakes off tennessee last year and they they're Kirby Smart's game plan was to utilize as much clock as possible so Tennessee's tempo couldn't really take hold. If he wanted to, he could have beaten Tennessee 44 to 13, and he just chose not to. Let me ask you this College Football News predicts the balls go 10 and 2, uh, which is about where I am. Do you think Tennessee fans would be happy with 10 and 2 after an 11 win season last year? I think so, because I think most Tennessee fans agree this is a transition year. Pete Futak of College Football News put that up. He has them losing. I disagree with his 10 and 2 because he has them losing at Florida and at Alabama. I, I, I really I, I've tried. I've tried to look at how and make the case for how Florida could beat Tennessee this year. I, do, I don't see it. Dave, do you? I really don't see how Florida beats Tennessee this year. No, I don't either. Um, Wisconsin in the Citrus Bowl, according to – is that still CFN? Uh, college yeah, Football News? Utah, yeah. Uh, man, there's just something, a part of me, maybe it's my age, that I don't want Tennessee to ever go back to the Citrus Bowl after the whole Florida debacle and making fun of Tennessee and that sort of thing. Does anybody want to go back to the Citrus Bowl? I'd rather go back to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, whatever – the oh, the Gator you. and the Outback Bowl are both getting old too, though. Those yeah. Florida Bowls in general are just annoying. I'll well, no, I, I agree, but at least you're in Tampa, for goodness sake. You get the breeze of the ocean. <laughs> it's not miserably hot like Orlando. I, I mean, unless you're planning the trip to Disney, why in the world would you want to go to the Citrus Bowl in Orlando? Why? As a matter of fact, why does anybody want to go to Orlando other than Disney World? That is a Heck hole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I got you. I got, I mean, I feel you on that. It's, um, I mean, in the last Citrus Bowl Tennessee went to, it was probably the angriest I ever saw Tennessee play because that was the 2001 Citrus Bowl when you thought you were going to go to California to cover that team and you got stuck going to Orlando again. Yeah, and... I, wasn't really, I wasn't really happy about that one either, but I tried yeah. to make the best of it. Okay, so uh, according to Brandon Marcello, Tennessee, and I like his work a lot, Tennessee at number nine. Let me ask you about the programs that he has ahead of Tennessee. And at the end of the day, on January the 16th, whenever the college football playoff is over and the season has concluded, will we have the discussion that these teams are better or worse than Tennessee? He's got Penn State at eight. Now, Brandon has worked a lot with the Big Ten. I'm not saying he's biased. But Brandon has worked a lot with the Big Ten. He's also worked a lot with Auburn. I think Tennessee is significantly better than Penn State, and that will show at the end of the year. You? He's got them at eight. I think Tennessee is, is significantly better than ten, Penn State. And they're, uh, let's put this out there. They're significantly better coached than Penn State at the yes. same time. Will it show at the end of the year? They get Michigan at home. But they visit Ohio State – and I think that's probably a loss. And they visit Michigan State, who should be resurgent this year. So, yeah, I think it'll show at the end of the year. I think Penn State is going to lose at Ohio State. And they'll either lose at Michigan at home, but if they don't lose at home to Michigan, they're going to lose to somebody else who's going to sneak around and beat them. Maybe Maryland sneaks up and beat them. Southern Cal in at seven. I can't argue a, a team that did as much as they did with a returning Heisman Trophy winner. So I'm not going to argue that. You stop me if you want to argue one of these. Alabama, I know, is in a rebuilding year. I can't argue, though, them being above Tennessee if FanDuel still thinks that they're a seven-point favorite in Tuscaloosa. Um, I'm stopping you there. 
I am stopping you there. Tennessee beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I think Tennessee is the better team this year. I am I I've I've come around. Tennessee is the better team than Alabama this year. Now, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna lash out at Brandon Marcello for having Alabama ahead of Tennessee. Or bet my mortgage. Yeah, but I, I will say I bet my mortgage and Travis uh pointed it out. Would I bet my mortgage? Yeah. Um I'm not oh, I'm not going to lash out. I understand why anybody would put Alabama ahead of Tennessee. I personally have Tennessee ahead of Alabama this year that I I'm not high on them. I've been calling for, I've been screaming rebuilding year for two months and I don't, I think it's finally starting to catch on They're in a rebuilding year. Okay, here we go. I'm not taking Tennessee to win in Tuscaloosa till it happens. I'm just not, uh, I, w- I wouldn't take Tennessee to beat Florida or to beat Alabama as long as those streaks were ongoing and I was proven wrong. Um, and fine. I learned. I'm a better man for it, but I'm not taking Tennessee to win at Tuscaloosa until they show me they can do it. I think it'll be incredibly close. Uh, portions of the program before we get to this top five brought to you by Andy Mason, AndyMasonRealEstate.com, your realtor in Knoxville. How awesome is that? It's so simple to save thousands or tens of thousands of dollars with AndyMasonRealEstate.com because he's got over 40 years of experience, best service and best prices in the Knoxville area. AnnieMasonRealEstate.com. So let's get to the top five. LSU is number five, according to Marcella. I, again, will not argue this because they have a more solidified quarterback situation. However, I think you might argue it. Is LSU four spots better than Tennessee? LSU at five, Tennessee at nine? I'm not arguing LSU at five. I'm arguing Tennessee at nine, but... I'm not okay. arguing LSU at five. I mean, y'all know where I've been on LSU and Brian Kelly this year. I'm really, really high on them. So Okay, so Florida State at number four. And it's time to lash out. What? Here goes the lashing. Here goes the lashing. What? What? Florida State did not beat a ranked team last year. They were 10-3, and three and everybody's celebrating Mike Norvell. They played three tough teams, lost all three of them in a row. And how do people all of a sudden think Mike Norvell has rebounded that program? He hasn't. He hasn't. Florida State played in a terrible ACC last year and didn't beat anybody good. They're being. I agree. And, and, and again, we're not talking. We're not talking what they actually do. Like Florida State, because they're in the ACC, could very well uh, win more games than Tennessee. Uh, could slip into the college football playoff. I don't think they're going to do any of that, okay? But, all right, so I'm talking about eye test at the end of the year. In the mid-January, early February, who do we think is better? I think Tennessee will be markedly better unless uh, Joe Milton and Nico have issues at the quarterback position. I just think they'll be remarkably better than Florida State. And with Josh Heupel, I don't believe quarterback issues are ever really going to be a, a, a problem. Ohio State at number three, I can't argue that. Michigan, number two. I could argue that, but I won't. Georgia, number one. I don't think either of us can argue that. What do you make of the top three? Yeah, no issues with the top three. I think that Ohio State, I think it's almost to Ohio State fans put up or shut up for Ryan Day. I, I, and they have a right to feel that way to expect a national championship. Because I, I, I've, I've touted LSU, but just behind LSU in terms of a job where you can load up on talent is Ohio State. And they keep getting blown out in the playoff when they get there. If, if they get there. And I think that's a big, big, big problem. And I think fans are kind of, 
they shouldn't be losing to Michigan two years in a row the way they lost to Michigan. They're, they're a better program and they have better talent. So, yeah. Brent asking, how will the NCAA meeting affect us? I want to get to that. You give me two minutes. I'm going to give you the latest of what I've heard in the NCAA meetings that took place in Cincinnati. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's about phone calls rather than taking your iPhone up and recording a bunch of people walking in and out of a conference room. Just reporting 101 there, Caleb. <laughs> I mean, if you want to post videos of that all day, go for it. But if you want me to tell you what's going to happen with the NCAA hearings, I can do that. Two minutes. He's Caleb Calhoun, the one, the only. I'm Dave Hooker off the Sports. I know you like the heat. You've got to try my signature sauce, 87. Dude, you know I love you, and I love to try your wing sauce. But when it comes to wings, I need them really hot. I hit 105 on the radar gun. I need to be pretty spicy. Yeah, I know that, man. Look, if Sauce 87 isn't enough for you, I guess you can try the Holy Moses or the Grim Reaper. Mmm, now we're talking. Take it from these Farragut admirals. When you're craving wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Visit them online at cravenwings.com. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment, like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Before Candace, I was, I was really heavy into the drug culture. Um, I was selling drugs. I was just constantly in pain. I was missing like a good support system in my life. Candace has given me everything that I need in order to successfully have a wonderful recovery, in order to have a life that I didn't even know was possible. And it's not just about me anymore. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry. I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. 
So here's what I'm hearing in the NCAA investigation. This really is about making uh, Jeremy Pruitt happy. And what is that going to take? I think it's going to take the NCAA to have a forward-thinking view of this. And I think the NCAA wants Tennessee to be good. So this is what I'm hearing, Caleb, is the NCAA wants Tennessee to be good. It's one of their bigger programs. It's, it's a program that I think it was pretty obvious when they're better, uh, college football is better. So I think the NCAA wants things to work out with Jeremy Pruitt. I don't mean this to sound mean, okay? But ultimately the question is, how smart is Jeremy Pruitt? Is he willing to take a four or five year show cause? Or does he say, nope, I don't want a single bit of show cause. I want to be able to go get a job in college football tomorrow. If he sticks by those guns, then not only does he have a problem, because I don't think the NCAA is going to be empathetic whatsoever. I don't think they're going to sympathize with this position. And I think Tennessee is not going to provide any leeway in terms of what he did. And I believe that's the direction it's going to go. So ultimately, I believe that you're going to see Tennessee, based off what I've been told, get a very minor sort of sanction in addition to what they have already done. But you're going to see Jeremy Pruitt get hammered pretty good. I'm not saying Donnie Tyndall. That was like a once in a generation, right? Ten years. Ten years. That was insane. I mean, I've never even heard of that before. But I think three years is a bare minimum. And if he can live with that and go play poker or go find a place in the NFL, good for him. But Travis says football will have passed him by in four years. Well, he won't have forgotten how to pay players, which is legal now, (laughs) Travis. So the question Um, then becomes – So you, even though Jeremy Pruitt himself may not be smart enough, don't you think he has smart representatives? I don't know. You kind of are who you associate with. I mean, and also here's the other point. Look, Jeremy Pruitt was fired for calls with a show calls penalty. What if he needs the money? I mean, that's a genuine question. That's true. I mean, we think about people making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in this case, but he didn't get the show cost penalty. What if he does need the money? Yeah, I mean, you would you would think after a career of making probably an average what of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, average even going back before the pay got that high, considering you know he probably got a couple of paychecks that were more than he was worth. You would like to think you would have some money saved up, but I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. What if, I mean, and what if there's the expectation of what if he, when he moved to Tennessee and what if he spent and invested and put money on the assumption that even if he got fired, he would get the buyout. So by not, you know what I mean? Like he made investments based on a revenue stream that he thought was going to be there. That's not there. I mean, you're, you're an investor. I'm not, but doesn't that happen? I mean, isn't that one of the, deadliest things a person or a company can do is invest based on a revenue stream that they think is going to be there? Yes, I would suggest not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I would highly suggest not doing that. But could he have done that? Yeah. And could Casey, his wife, uh, 
love Neiman Marcus? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a million different ways that you can blow through cash. But don't forget this. I mean, you bring this up, not to get too abstract and out of sports, but this isn't a great time in investments in our country unless he invested in crypto in de- December, which I almost did, and I should have. But unless he invested in crypto in December, he ain't walking around with more pocket money than he had a year ago. No, and he probably, if he invested in crypto, did it when he took over in 2018. And that was, that, yeah, that's probably, you lost money if you invested then. So Yeah, the only time to invest in crypto is when the economy's doing really, really poorly. And then people go in that route. Somebody told me that in December, I passed on it, missed on a 50% return. But that's just me. Well, can you, can you sorry, I just have to go on a side tangent on the fraud of crypto. Because the whole point is, it's, it's a new form of trust and a new form of currency. No, it's not. You're selling it based on how it's backed in the financial sector. By definition, it's not a new form of currency. Well, it's true. But, to the uh, dollar. Chips are. So Mr. Jones points out Pruitt is a poker player. Now, Pruitt is a poker player, and this was brought up to me as well. He went and played in the professional poker series for a while. Um, and I guess that was a better option in the NFL, which he probably didn't have. Listen, he's a recruiter. That's what he does. I'm not saying that as a joke because he paid players, but that's that's who he is. He's not coming up with incredible schemes that Nick Saban's like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen anything like this before. Where did you possibly get this? That's not happening, okay? So he is ultimately a – he's – very, he's a slightly more X's and O's talented coach than Chuck Smith. You remember Chuck Smith? I remember Chuck Smith. Okay, Chuck Smith could teach edge pass rushing. He was very good at that. NFL players would pay him to teach him that. I, I really think if if Jeremy Pruitt had one gift, that was it. He didn't care if you put your hand down. He didn't care if you're coming from a two point stance. He didn't care about any of that. He just said, get to the pass rusher, have leverage, be able to run at full speed with your body parallel to the ground. It's really smart, insightful stuff. The one time I uh, had a chance to pull him aside and talk to him. But that's it. That's that's where the resume pretty much ends. That and also not just being a great – there's two types of recruiting. There's actually being able to recruit the kids and you know the kids wanting to play for you, which Pruitt was good at. Pruitt, we have to give him this. He was a good talent evaluator. I mean, he would actually be a great NFL scout. He can he could spot talent a mile away. I, I'll give him that. He found Cedric Tillman when nobody did. Uh, agreed. Um, the, the question is, if you go to the NFL and you're a scout, you get paid a small percentage of the money that an assistant coach does, and you don't ever get to participate in the big games. You know, you're just at ballparks throughout the South, uh, watching Friday Night Football, you're scouting people and uh, Friday night football, Saturday night football. You're, you're scouting people and you're going to practice. And that's not a very sexy job, is it? No, it's not. It's not. But it could put you on the GM track. Jeremy Pruitt is a GM. <laughs> wow. Talk about one bad hire that would be. And then the SEC as the remedy for a problem that is a real problem. And I got a feeling Caleb is going to disagree with me. Uh, What the H today brought to you by our friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. 
So the SEC, straighten me out here, is going to penalize fans that storm the field by stripping them of their next home game against the same opponent. Help me with this, if, if you can. Walk me through this. How is this supposed to work? Caleb Calhoun, please hit the like button. The thumbs up button helps us bring more people in. And don't forget to subscribe as our numbers are through the roof. And that's because of you. We love the family that we built here. The community is awesome. So what's the SEC trying to do here, Caleb? They're obviously trying to stop storming the field. And I understand. let me be very clear about this. I don't mind trying to stop storming the field. I don't know how you do it in like a situation where you got a mob of 100,000 people and only so many security guards, but it can be dangerous because there will be a moment. I'm just going to say it. There, we all know what happened with the Travis Scott concert a couple of years ago in Houston. There will be a moment where there's a bum rush and a mob. Where well, a I, don't, I, I don't, and that's probably – I do because I was working with a client in Houston this time. But th- th- it's outside probably a lot of our audience's realm who Travis Scott is. So – Basically, he encouraged people to storm the field for multiple shows. They had stormed the stage, I should say. And ultimately, they did so in Houston, and it came with just absolutely terrible results. How many people were killed? Nine people died, and it was, it was an awful story. Now, imagine that, but 100,000 people on a stadium, a bunch of really, really drunk people. Again, the Alabama one it was lucky that nobody was killed. I'm just going to like the sec. They now sell alcohol back in the day when the fans stormed the field, they weren't even selling alcohol. They're selling alcohol now. So they have to do something. This isn't going to fix it though. You think any drunk. Now, fan well, was- let, let, me, let me stop you there real quick. A miracle. Nobody was killed. A lot of people of Caleb charged the field and nobody has been killed in the sec to my knowledge. Now but I was part. I was a part of a charging the field. I wasn't charging. I was just a reporter trying to get the heck out of the way, in which a young lady was hurt very severely for the rest of her life because a goalpost hit her in Georgia. So that's serious I, on its own. That is serious. That that's very serious. And I have I have a strong opinion on this, which I'm, I'm going to share with you here in a second. But but nobody's been killed. Let's not let's not overstate it. But it's it's okay. Nobody's been killed because it hasn't been done that often, one. And two, every field storming incident before Tennessee did it last year happened when no alcohol was sold at the stadiums. Okay. And which changes things a lot. I mean, let's just go to something like LSU. Could you imagine LSU fans in Death Valley at 1130 at night storming the field after drinking all day? I mean, that's going to be a very bad situation. Okay, let me share my story and, and how I feel about field storming. And I think most people that are a member of our YouTube channel or that check out offthehooksports.com would agree that I'm a fan first guy. I, I want the fans to have the best possible environment. I want them to have the better parking passes over the media. I want them to have big screens if that's what they need because I think they feel it all. So, I'm afraid Mr. Jones and some other people are going to get mad at me on the message board, but here we go. And I want your take. Um, when tennis, when was it the Georgia beat Tennessee in Athens where they tore up the hedges? What year was that? 2000. 2000. Okay. So I was there and uh, young pup Dave recorder reporter had his recorder and in his bag and everything else. 
And I went down to the field. That was the first time in how many years that Georgia had beaten? First time since 1988 they had beaten Tennessee. Okay, so it was forever. And I remember this standing there thinking, I'm going to watch the end of the game because the way that rules work in college football is you can go down with five minutes left, I believe. I think the NFL, it's a two-minute warning, but I may be getting them flip-flop, but one or the other. It's five minutes left. So a lot of times you would watch from the field. Why? Because the game's usually out of hand, quite frankly, and you want to be the first to get there and get your recorder and everything set up to do interviews. has nothing to do with seeing the game on the field. As a matter of fact, that's incredibly lame to watch the game on the field. If you haven't before, hard to tell what's going on. You got the crown of the field. You can't see the other people's half their bodies. It's just, it's a terrible place to watch the game. And I suddenly felt myself being pushed from behind, not physically pushed with someone's hands, Caleb, but just this mass of humanity pushing me. And right when the game was over and certainly Georgia deserves some blame for this because they let the players down on the field. At least I was with a, I was a part of a fan. I was within a fan storming at LSU and they at least tried to hold them back where it was a small trickle of people. Well, with Georgia, there were already 50,000 people. It seemed like on the field ready to get on the field. And actually they ran out too early at one point. And these two girls who were in front of me, co-eds, I guess, fell and it was all i could do caleb to hold back the masses to pick them up so i think you and i agree it's a very very scary situation that i'm frankly a little bit surprised hasn't gone south quicker to this point my question is how do you possibly enforce this you can't even stop them from going on the field so what are you going to do, Caleb? Stop them and say, hey, I need to see your ticket so I can scan it so we can take away uh, your Alabama game privileges in two years when they're back at Tus- uh, when they're back in Neyland Stadium. Oh, no, that's not what they're doing, no. Tennessee would play Alabama on the road in two years. That's how they would do that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're saying they're going to take it for the next SEC opponent, right? No, what they're saying is if a te- like if Tennessee beats Alabama at home and fans okay. storm the field, then the next time Tennessee's scheduled to play Alabama at home, they would play them on the road two years down the road. Well, that's even more stupid. How I, agree. World- I mean, how many people have to chat? I mean, how many what people fan is going to think that in their in the height of their emotions? Well, and how many people have to charge the field? Yeah, I, I agree. It's beyond dumb. I think the only way this is—I I don't know—I don't know what the real answer is, uh, because the thing is that's so disastrous is you're going to have. I'm with you. To, you're going to have a situation where somebody's going to storm the field, and some there is going to be a catastrophe. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know what situation. I think there just needs to be harsh penalties for everybody who storms the field. Look, we've seen it now. Based on the investigations into the January 6th protest a couple of years ago, when mobs happen, it's not, if you get enough people on the case, you can find out who was involved in stuff. I think you got to start doing the same for people who storm the field. I think you have to say, this will not be tolerated. And we are going to identify every person we can who stormed the field and they will face charges for doing so. 
Yeah, I think you have to take it individual. I don't think that you can say, oh, well, uh, 10,000 people charge the field, so let's have the next Tennessee-Alabama game at Tuscaloosa. Oh, 15,000, because I don't see how you can possibly catch them. This, to me, is a really, really stupid idea, um, because I don't know. What if there are 10 people, 11, 12 people that charge the field? Yeah, this is the SEC being super cheap. If the SEC really wanted to cut down on it, they would work with local law enforcement of that place, wherever it was with the field storming, and they would hire private security to help out and they would name and find every fan that did it. So come out in public, you know, set a standard with the local law enforcement of every single SEC town and say, this will not be tolerated. If you storm the field, you will face charges of what rioting, destruction of property, something like that. And we are going to find everybody who did this because look there, I'm telling you guys, you guys can be mad at me for this. You can be mad at Dave for this. There's going to be a moment. If storming the field gets more common again with alcohol allowed, there's going to be a moment where 10 people are maybe trampled to death, God forbid. And everybody is going to then come back and ask, well, wait a minute. How did this happen? There's no way to stop that from happening. It's going to happen at some point. Okay, but this is the toothpaste is so far out of the tube, and it's brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Over 50 years in the Knoxville area, integrity matters. Your new unit might not need to be replaced, might just need a part. Cityheatandair.com. Okay, so there's a lot of different moving parts here. One, the University of Tennessee sent out a picture of fans storming the field, celebrating the fact that, hey, Tennessee stormed the field against Alabama. It's the first time it happened since 98, Florida. So that's that's allowing it to happen. I mean, that's, 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 that's celebrating the fact that it happened, right? And then you, you, you have the flip side where I believe this is a sham. I, I believe this rule suggestion, this hasn't, has this been finalized yet? No, 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 this is a suggestion. This was reported by okay. Sports Illustrated. Well, here's, listen, this is bull. Okay, because what they're doing is they're protecting them from themselves from a potential lawsuit. Yeah. That's what they put that out there and they go, hey, well, look back in uh, April of 2023, what we tried to do and we couldn't get it passed. Hey, look, the fact that we're finding them $50,000, $100,000, $250,000, I believe, are the tiers. Um, that It's just a, it's a CYA. Cover your rear. That's all this is. They're not really going to do this, are they? Probably not. But Dave, now that you say that, that's another amazing question that I didn't even think of because you're right. Tennessee is on basically Travis Scott level celebrating people bum rushing the field, right? They are the Travis Scott of college football at this point with what they're doing. I got a question. If there's another field storming incident next year, same when Tennessee beats Georgia. And again, multiple people are trampled and say, God forbid there's a death or two or five or 10. Those families will sue the heck out of the university. And I'm surprised they haven't already. Well, nobody's been injured that, like that yet. But... Well, the one young lady got punched by an Alabama player. Oh, yeah, that's right. She... I'm sure there have been people hurt. I mean, I was – I mentioned the Athens thing. I know a goalpost fell on a young lady and broke her spine. Probably, well, they probably – she probably did sue the university, and she probably got a payout. But it's one thing for one person to sue because of a personal injury. It's another thing for 10 or 12 families to sue because of death. And, I mean, they could – this $500 million goal – 
that Danny White has, it could be set back significantly. If but here's the scary part about me. Here's the slippery slope. So, okay, let's say 10 people sued the university because Mississippi State um, stormed the field against Ole Miss. Okay, so 10 people sued the university. Mississippi State is not a program like Tennessee that could accept two, three, four, five million dollars in legal fees slash penalties. Tennessee could do that and it would be a bump in the road. Mississippi State's not. So what do they do? Do they put up the big glass enclosures like in hockey? That's what scares me. I don't know what the happy medium is, but I don't want glass enclosures like hockey. I don't want security guards that are told you stop them at all costs, which means you could club them potentially. We could have another police issue on our hands. And I don't like the fact that they can just run out there willy-nilly. What's the happy medium? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty obvious one. Like I said earlier, again, I don't know who, if the university sets a rule in our stadium, you don't storm the field. We consider that rioting. Well, then if they do storm the field, I would assume the KPD gets involved at that point, say in Knoxville and says, hey, you are breaking the law. You are technically rioting at this point by storming the field. That won't be tolerated and you are facing serious charges for doing so. And then we, we've, seen, we've seen enough evidence with other types of riots in the past you can find people who were involved in doing that and you can use, you know, you got all these facial recognition things and stuff like that. Now you can find who was responsible and bring the hammer down on them. Okay. But let me argue the other side of that. How many people do you think of 102,000 people that were in the stands actually charged the field against Alabama? I'd say 15,000, like you said, wouldn't you? I was going to go, Long lines of twenty five or thirty, but anyway, what if what if ten or fifteen thousand? Let's say at the minimum ten. What if ten thousand of those are your bigger boosters? Because they let's okay, let's say fifteen thousand. Let's say five thousand. These are just funsy numbers, okay? But let's say fifteen thousand charged. Five thousand were stupid students that were drunk, and Josh knows I've been there. Or and the other ten thousand really matter. They're donors. Are you going to go search through this facial recognition software to find the guys that did this and then suspend them or take away their season ticket privileges? You don't want that. I mean, you don't want those guys to go away. Hey, if I got a real honest question for you. It's like the guy. Let me just finish this real quick. Kev. It's like the guy who has one too many drinks at the bar and you kind of have to help him out the door. But you don't want to say never come back again unless he does something really, really stupid, right? I got an honest question for you. A serious maybe, question. Maybe do you really think there are 10,000? Do you really think the donors are the ones storming the field? Please, the donors have their own nice little box seats, like up, like in the best views possible, where they're sitting around with a bunch of other hoity toity rich people watching the games they're not a, with the hooligan storm in the field they're taking their they're they're leaving and getting in their private limo riding back home i think there are two different types of fans to answer your question i think there's the the hoity-toity fans who probably have a little bit more dough in their pocket that they want to spend that are up in the box i think there's the other fan who likes to be closer to the action likes to be outside so they can scream and yell without getting hushed don't cheer too loud. We're in the box. Yeah, I, I think there is another fan that spends a lot of money that sits in the stands. But for the most part, I think you're right. 
Well, then, okay, you can say, okay, if a student does it, if we found out you're a student, you're expelled from the university. If we find out a donor does it, I mean, if we find out somebody else. Expelled? Hold on, let me finish. Or facing, you face serious charges from the city of Knoxville, from Knox County. Okay, if a donor does it, you could say. Take Spanish three. (laughs) I struggle to get through Spanish two. If a donor does it, this is an easy way. You either face serious charges or you pay a massive fine, one that's going to pain you that, okay, you're not going to do this again because you don't really want to pay that fine. I just, listen, it's kind of like, and Smoky Mountain Red put NASCAR fence, LOL. It is kind of sort of like that situation. I used to cover NASCAR really closely, and it's kind of that situation. The cars just got too fast and they were going to fly off the track. The toothpaste was out of the tube. All you could do was a catch fence that, listen, it's a matter of time till the catch fence breaks. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Get ready for that. But, let okay, let me just say, let, from the other side, let's just go to another sport real quick. Malice at the Palace, the greatest fight in the history of professional sports, the Pacers-Pistons brawl 2004, where Ron Artest goes into the stands and beat up, beats up a fan. Ron Artest faced criminal charges, and he was suspended for the year by the NBA, as he should have been. Rule number one is you don't go into the fans and beat up a fan, even though the fan threw a cup of beer at him. I'm not even sure if that's rule number one, what rule number two would be. Yeah, exactly. But, like, you don't do that. If we're going to tell the players, and we should, that you can't go into the stands, isn't it fair to tell the fans in the stands that you can't go onto the field? I'm not arguing philosophically with any of this. I just don't have a good reason how you fix it a good way a method you gotta you have to punish enough people individually who do it that that's your only option you have to punish enough people individually who do it and the sec can use facial recognition maybe here's we go so this is how the university is absolved because they don't want to come down on their donors the sec can use a facial recognition and say anybody who storms a field is barred from any sec game forever or for or 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 some or get they get a warning and then they're smart forever. I don't hate that as much. The SEC taking the blow. I don't I I don't mind that as much because I think the SEC should be the centralized figure in all discipline areas anyway. So I don't hate that. Portions of the program brought to you by <clears throat> Zulbeer, xulbeer.com. You won't be charging the field. You'll just be having a good time with Zulbeer.com. They have worldwide award-winning craft beer. They are the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. XULBeer.com, Zulbeer.com, and they've got parking downtown. You will absolutely love Zulbeer, XULBeer.com. Tennessee baseball coming up next as the Vols show some life. And also, I got another thought or two of some information I've gleaned from the NFL draft process just recently. So hang tight with me. Two minutes. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Oak Sports. To own the more that owns every job, then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. 
Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Air Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we wanna be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. What's up, everybody? This is University of Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren, proud to announce that I'll be working with Craven Wings again this season. And I want you to give your all and try my signature sauce, Sauce 87 at either of the Craven Wings' two locations, Chapman Highway in Seymour and South North Shore Drive at the Markets of Chodo. When you're Craven Wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Online at CravenWings.com. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Great primer on offthehooksports.com for Tennessee in the upcoming NFL draft that will be held on Thursday. I missed the days when it was just Saturday at noon and it drug out all day. It drug out two days. It would be Saturday and then Sunday. Right, but they would just break when they felt like it and what's your first draft memory Ooh, my first draft. either a team that you liked in the pros or a former vol see when i first it was it would actually involve former vols because i first the first one i watched all the way through was that loaded nfl draft at tennis that the vols had in 2002 when dante stallworth albert hainsworth and john henderson all went in the first round and no, that was pretty good yeah yeah and the titans picked albert hainsworth which just as a titans fan look feel however you want to feel about albert hainsworth i got no defense of his character but he single-handedly revitalized our defense the titans defense oh yeah i think he was named the franchise player like 13 times my they should have just paid him um and i think he would have been continually great under jeff fisher Uh, from talking to him he really appreciated jeff fisher felt like he kind of got one overed in uh, Washington. Um, well, he didn't want to be the nose tackle in a 3-4, which I don't know if you – I think Hainsworth was right. He's not a nose tackle. 
Yeah, Al- Albert told me that his, his first meeting. Who was the coach at the time? Uh, it was was it Jim Zorn or Mike? No, it was it Jim was, Zorn. Was it Shanahan. No, it was the year before. Sh- what? Shanahan got there a year later. Hainsworth first year, but Shanahan was the one who tried to do the three four. Yeah. All, all I know is that uh, Albert told me his first conversation with Shanahan was, "If you have ten sacks this season, then you haven't done your job, and we've got to discuss what you're doing." He he was not supposed to sack people. He was supposed to take up blocks, which is the exact. There are guys like that, Vince Wilfork, but he is not that guy. No, he's that's not his job. He's the athletic. I say light because he didn't have a high body fat composition, but he was still three thirty. But um, he was a speed guy. He's still a speed guy at 330, which is insane. In obvious passing downs, the Titans would actually put Hainsworth at defensive end instead of defensive tackle. My favorite Albert Hainsworth story is, uh, is this really quickly, is when he came on my ra- – well, he texted me. and I've had like uh, two or three times that I've had a player text me and say, hey, can I come on your radio show? And one was Arian Foster because he wanted to challenge me to a boxing match, which I passed on. Two was uh, Albert Hainsworth, and he was mad that Chris Cooley, remember the tight end Chris Cooley? Yep. I know Chris Cooley. Him. So he's like, everybody wants to rip me for not showing up in shape, and he gave me the excuse about how he was in shape and that actually the news had been released before they even got back to the locker room, so he knew Shanahan was against him. All of it sounded great. I'm not going to pretend to know the truth in between the two parties, okay? But the funniest thing is – is uh you know and you got Chris Cooley then while he was a player uh he was trying to pick up every single cheerleader i guess that's okay for a married man wow so he snitched he broke the broke they got they got picked up by ESPN <laughs> oh my gosh How that was snitched on Chris Cooley yeah, picking up cheerleaders which you're not supposed to do all right let's take a look at the the balls that are going to get drafted this week in the NFL draft, there is a great primer, as you can read it, on offthehooksports.com. Brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. I'll tell you more about them here just momentarily. No surprise, you have Darnell Wright, number one. It's your list. Do we go from the bottom or the top? You pick. Let's it. go from the bottom for a little fun, because I bet people don't even know some of these players. <laughs> okay, Maurice Smith, walk-on defensive line. Yeah, he's not getting drafted. He took part in Pro Day. He played. He was a transfer from Alabama and Alabama A and M. Played a total of four games in two years. He was a body in the system. Okay, Chase McGrath. Chase McGrath was a reliable college kicker, like Jeff Hall level. But Dave, you know this in the NFL, you need to be automatic from beyond forty and above fifty percent from beyond fifty. He's neither of those things. Honestly, nowadays I say close to sixty-five percent from beyond fifty. I don't know what you think about that. But uh, now I can roll with that. I, I think Jeff Hall had a, a better, more consistent leg than McGrath. So uh, I, Jeff Hall is the type of guy that I think he could have landed in a number of positions and had a long NFL career. I think Chase McGrath has to, I'm not just picking the Cowboys because I'm a Cowboys fan. They, they have a history of having a great kicking coach slash coaches and they produce kickers that were okay in college and that turn out to be great in the pros. But I think Chase McGrath has to fall in two or three spots to be successful. Salon page, the third. And Mad another- respect for Salon page, the third stay with the program was a really good guy, rotational player, team player, but 
No, linebacker was a weakness for Tennessee the last two years, and Salon Page was the worst linebacker in the rotation both times. He's not going to translate to the NFL. Okay, and then you have Jeremy Banks at number 11. And I'm going to give a little something away. You got Latrell Bumpus ahead of him, Princeton Fant, and then Jerome Carvin. And Trayvon Flowers. I got four Vols not invited to the Combine ahead of Jeremy Banks. Jeremy Banks will be better than all of them. Jeremy Banks... Well, the headache that he brings will not outweigh the talent he has. And his talent is there, but not great. One, he's terrible in pass coverage. We talked about that last year. That's a big deal for an NFL linebacker. You've got to be good in pass coverage. Two, he didn't pass the measurables I think that you needed to be a transcendent linebacker at the combine. And three, he's a headache. Okay. I I think that Banks is going to be kind of like that Jalen Hurd guy that – has a good career in the NFL, and you're always wondering, why didn't Tennessee get the best out of him? The answer is, Banks didn't allow Tennessee to get the best out of him, and he remained loyal to Jeremy Pruitt instead of uh, snapping and clearing and getting on to the next staff. Uh, Latrell Bumpus, 10. Princeton Fant, 9. I like where you have Jerome Carvin, although I'd probably have him ahead of Trayvon Flowers at 7. I think Carvin's been largely overlooked out of this group. Carvin's been massively overlooked. His again, this is he he's proof that PFF grades can be overrated because they were low all year. But Carvin was having to spend time at center the last two years, which is not his natural position when Cooper Mays was hurt. And last year he was having to cover for a lot of I wouldn't say deficiencies, but there was development needed at left tackle between Gerald Mincy and Jeremiah Crawford. And so he was having to kind of man that side of the line by himself at times be sure and hit that like button the thumbs up button helps us bring more people in uh this breakdown as we get to jalen hyatt next is brought to you by campbell cunningham taylor and hahn look at me i can see no contacts man i had a lasik it's awesome uh no glasses distance close all the vision is absolutely phenomenal and it's brought to you by campbell cunningham taylor and hahn campbell cunningham taylor and hahn in knoxville They'll do your cataracts. They'll do LASIK. They'll also take care of your just regular old uh, vision uh, adjustments and vision uh, annual assessments. So that is Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. You've got Jalen Hyde at number six. Based off statistics, Jalen Hyde should probably be number one. Uh, but your thoughts on why six after Paxton Brooks? Yes, Jalen Hyatt. Look, the top six, I'm gonna, I want to be fair on this. The top, Really the top eight. I think the top eight could all be NFL players uh, on here. And you say Jeremy Banks. I think a coach is – Jeremy Banks is going to rub it the wrong way with the coach. But back to Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt runs a 4-4-40. His whole selling point as receiver is speed. He's not if, – if, if speed is all you have, and that's legit all he has, then you need to be in the 4-3-4-2-5 range. And he's not. So I think that – He's got some issues. That doesn't mean he can't find a roster spot somewhere. But, yeah, there's some things he's got to prove. And I, I, I'm low on him right now because of that. Okay. Uh, we go down the list, and you got Paxton Brooks at five. Yep. Better Hunter U is back. Hunter U is back. Heck of a punter. He is. And Paxton Brooks, again, we forget he had a he didn't have the opportunity to showcase his leg a lot because a lot of times he was punting from near midfield or past midfield because of Eibel's offense last year. So 
but his leg is incredible. He was invited to the combine. I think Paxton Brooks is going to be the next Trevor Daniel, Matt Dard, Dustin Colquitt, Britton Colquitt, Michael Pilardi. All these guys have been starting at punter from Tennessee during the 2010s. Interesting. Uh, Hendon Hooker at number four. Let me wrap up the top four. Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Byron Young, Darnell Wright. Young, uh, most recently, I've heard really good things about. Uh, again, could be smokescreen. We don't know. I would actually have Hendon Hooker ahead of Cedric Tillman would be my one change in your top four. I think Hendon Hooker has a chance to have a better NFL career than Cedric Tillman. The reason Hendon Hooker is number four, I think Darnell Wright and Byron Young are the most sure bets in this draft. Let's start with that. You agree, right? Darnell Wright's the superstar pro bowler. Byron Young is the underrated but surefire NFL pick. Mm, I think there's only one surefire pick, and that's Darnell Wright. Okay. Byron Young is a close set. Like, you're pretty sure. I say this, and I don't mean mean this is a shot at Byron Young. From all he's come from, I've seen a lot of guys finally get that first payday, and if he gets a decent one, second or third, maybe loses the desire a little bit. I think there's a chance of that. Nobody's told me that. I just think there's a chance of that. Okay. I guess that's possible. I just think in general, Darnell Wright and Byron Young's skill sets are immune to the teams that draft them. Put it that way. It's not like they need to be in the right system. They don't need the right franchise to draft them. I think Cedric Tillman is somewhat that too, a little bit less, but I think he's somewhat that too because he's just a pure receiver. Hendon Hooker could be better than everybody but Darnell Wright on this list, but he's got to be drafted by the right team and the right franchise and the one that's willing to work with him to fix his game. How many times have you seen a quarterback? How many quarterbacks do you think over the past 30 years could have been great, but they were drafted by the wrong franchise and that just sabotaged their career? Uh, almost everyone that's had a bad career. It is yeah. such, it's such luck where you fall. And, and most of the times, if you're elite, you're going to fall with a, a bad franchise because that's why they have a high draft pick. I think that's one of the things that works in Hendon Hooker's favor. So you've got him uh, overall on offthehooksports.com. You've got him listed as the number four prospect that uh, Tennessee will produce. And this is based off how they will actually do in the NFL long-term when we're having this conversation 15 years from get. This is based off the potential they have to do well in the NFL long-term. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Hendon Hooker, top half first round, second half first round, second round, third round. I think he's a second rounder. I, me personally, he's a first rounder, but I think he's going to be drafted in the second round. I think the Seahawks, I, I'm predicting the Seahawks take Hendon Hooker in the second round, and he's their future after Geno Smith. Yep. Uh, I, I think that would be a great pick for the Seahawks. I think it would be great for Geno Smith. I think it would be great for Hendon Hooker. Portions of the program brought to you by Vassy Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Vassy Lawn and Garden, whether you're in, it doesn't matter, whether you're in Chattanooga, Nashville, uh, Knoxville, it's just a short drive to Cleveland, Tennessee. And with their buying power, you're going to save thousands of dollars. That's Vassy, Lawn and Garden, Toro. Count on it. Man alive, it is worth the drive. We'll visit with you tomorrow as we're with you, <clears throat> excuse me, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And be sure to get the app. You'll love it. Travis says, oh, my gosh, Gino and Hook are too similar. You know the weird part about that, Travis, is that I think Hooker's the better leader now. And he might walk into that quarterback room as a better leader over Geno Smith. Not to knock Geno Smith. Caleb mentioned that he's matured, and he has. But 
that's the one thing you get with Hendon Hooker that I don't think should be overlooked is you're going to get a great leader in the locker room from the get. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the hook sports. We'll see you at 10 a.m. Eastern time each and every week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.